Well, that's dramatic. Um, <clears throat> gives me chills at least. Okay, so for those of you who are new here that don't know what's happening today, um, today's a little different um, versus me just preaching at you. I'm just asking questions today. And the reason I'm asking questions is because we're in a season uh, that we have every year in November called Be Rich. And it's a season where we uh, raise money and we give it all away. 100% of it, we just give all away. And we try to be generous in good deeds and, uh, and, and financially be generous. And so um, this year, uh, we kicked it off last week, and uh, we try to always have some of the projects that we support around the globe and, and locally, uh, some of the representatives of those projects come and talk to us. And we were really lucky because in this case, um, Alex and Tricia, who are sitting on my left, um, they are on sabbatical. Is that what we call it, sabbatical? They're furlough. We're on leave from their work um, that they've been doing, and I'm going to let them talk about it for at least a few more weeks, and then they go back um, back to what, where they now call home. And so they're going to talk about what they do, and then we're going to connect that at the end into what we're going to help them uh, and help others do um, where they are located. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about. So um, just so all of you know, uh, the reason I know this wonderful couple is because Alex was actually my first flight instructor. So when I started to learn how to fly, some of you don't know that I, I have my pilot's license, um, Alex was my first instructor. And I think we had like, I don't know, six or eight hours together. And then Alex is like, now nah, I'm done with you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, bye. I'm going to go across the globe to somewhere else. So you got to find somebody else. Uh, no, it just, it ended. I think you laughed, but I, I also like stopped showing up too a little bit because it was busy. It's hard to be a pastor and learn how to fly at the same time. So anyways, um, so why don't you all start off and tell us, um, you know, who you are and why you do what you do, that, that whole thing. Sure. Check. Can you hear me? Good morning. I can't see anybody. Because his lights are so bright. I like that, actually. <laughs> I mean, I know they're there watching me, but I can't see them. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're out there. I can hear you. Yeah. Um, so, good morning. My name is Alex Ludvicek, and this is my wife, Trisha. Um, we have two kids, Jackson and Benaya, five and three. They're causing mischief back there somewhere, hopefully. In hopefully the kids they're ministry. still there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, we're back just there. Just walking as... around somewhere. If you yeah. see them, just kidding. Um, yeah, so we, we're actually from Iowa city area. Um, I, I was raised in North Liberty, and we lived for quite a while before I moved off to college uh, near the Greencastle Airport. So this is home for us. And uh, just to make a long story kind of short, uh, I, I was pursuing aviation, but in the Air Force, and I was going to University of Iowa, and God really told me that's not what I was supposed to do. And I said, okay, well, you have to tell me what I'm supposed to do. I'm not just going to quit. And there, a gentleman, like two days later, told me about mission aviation. And I saw a video like that, and I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I just, I transferred schools, and it was probably a 10-year process from starting uh, that, that school to moving overseas and um, We've been in Papua uh, for two and a half years now. Is that right? Or Indonesia for three years. So um, that's kind of how I ended up there. And Trish has a, something to say too. Is that okay? Okay. Do I? Yeah. I'm not sure. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> Who am I? Um, yeah, I grew up in the Iowa State area too. Um, I went here to the University of Iowa. I got a social work degree here. Um, 
I was pretty young when I felt like um, my my goal in life, my calling in life was to um, head overseas somewhere, but I had no idea what that looked like. Um, Alex and I met back in high school, um, started dating in college, so we sort of got swept up into this whole thing together. Um, and and yeah. when, when you say that 10 years process, kind of in a quick synopsis, why does it take so long? Um, so as, as you can, you could see the video, uh, it's not normal flying where we fly. It's, it's quite <laughs> difficult. So, so you're saying people may not be comfortable landing on runways like that. The pilot is uncomfortable landing. Yeah, okay, no, there kidding. you go. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, there's a lot of training. Um, but it's a five-year school. So it, 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 we did Bible, and I'm also a mechanic. So we went through two years of maintenance school and uh, two years of flight school. And, and then we moved back to, to pay off debt, make money and pay off debt before going on the mission field. And that's where I met Taylor. So... Um, that's kind of why it takes a long time. And then you had to learn the native language. Yeah, too. yeah. And then we we moved to um, near Jakarta in Indonesia, and we spent ten months learning the language of Indonesian. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a long process. And then it was ten more months of more training specific to Papua. Yeah. And then there's training by airfield too, like to go oh, into yeah. certain parts of Indonesia. And- well, every single airport has has its special training that you have you have to be checked out in with an instructor to land because you have to be at that rock at that altitude and then turn at that tree. So it's, it's interesting. (laughs) It's fun. If you're wondering how pilots fly, this is how your commercial flights go too. They'd be like, Oh, there's that rock. Let's turn now. No, no, a little different. (laughs) It is a little different. Okay. All right. So, okay. So you went over there. So, and you joined MAF, why MAF, what do they do? And I think we have some slides as, as you kind of go along. Yeah. So we, I, I'm very stubborn and a silly person. Um, I, when I was going to school, my goal was to not fly with MAF um, in Papua, flying that kind of airplane, because that was the cool thing to do. Um, but look where I am now. So it was God, cool God, to fly that? Is that well, yeah. So this, this airplane is called a Kodiak, yeah. and that's, um, it was specially designed for this kind of flying. It's a jet airplane. Um, so that kind of fuel is available there. And it, it's, you can fly it in really small airstrips like this, and it can hold kind of a lot. So it was designed for that. And all the kids at school loved it, and I was Oh, <laughs> so like all yeah. the other people wanted yeah, yeah. to do it, and you didn't want to It was to the be... cool thing to do. Gotcha, yeah, anyway. gotcha. So, I, I don't know if they recognize that it was <laughs> the cool thing to do. Yeah. It's super cool, right? Yeah, but I love like this is like a Hot Wheels ramp, you know, like kids <laughs> run down their Hot Wheels car. Yeah. 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 So anyway... <laughs> Um, MAF is just a great organization. We found out more about it, and um, God was just really pulling us towards that that ministry. It's very specific. Uh, each flying, there's a lot of flying ministries, but this one is very broad in what they do. So a lot of them only does Bible translation, which is amazing. Um, some some only do disaster response, which is really good too. But MAF just encompasses all of those things. Um, so we have a mission statement that I'll read. It's serving together to bring help, hope, and healing through aviation. And then there's a, um, oh, there's a, a vision statement, statement as well. Oh, boy. Get ready. Let me see if I can remember this. Yeah. To see isolated people changed by the love of Christ. Yeah. So 
So what does that mean? <laughs> You're really selling it, man. <laughs> they're, these are new, actually, just changed. Oh, so. okay. Okay. Oh, oh. Not that yeah. the, the other ones were bad. It's just they, yeah, they're, gotcha, they're gotcha, focusing. Yeah. So what does that mean? We use the airplane as a tool to, to share Christ's love. And, and we do that to um, people who live in isolated areas. So we personally uh, live in places like that. It's, it's called Papua um, in Indonesia, and we'll, we'll get to other pictures later, but um, that is really, really, really isolated, like the most isolated place I can think of uh, in the world. There's no roads. The only way in and out of this airstrip is by airplane or by walking for a very long time, and that can cause a lot of issues, like there's no teachers, and then there's no schools, there's no hospitals. Um, the only food you can get is what you can grow on the side of the mountain at very high altitudes. Um, so yeah, if you're sick, you have to walk like weeks to get someplace. Um, so what's cool about the airplane is we use it as a tool to try to help these people uh, bridge that gap. So we can, we can um, do community development. We bring in supplies. Um, we, we bring in teachers and uh, building materials for schools. We, we do lots of medevacs. We bring in people who can, like um, doctors and um, other people who can just help with health-related things. Uh, and we support the local church. The, not every place has a church. Um, each village is very different, has their own language even because of the isolation issue. Um, so they have, some have churches and we support the mission, or the, the, the church there. We fly in pastors. We, we help them with, uh, with training. Tra pastors need training, right? <laughs> some of them, not the really good ones. Some of them. Yes. Yes. So, some, some go to seminary for way too long for too much money. Yes. Some. And then, and then there's missionaries at a lot of these places too. We, we support uh, Bible translators and just other missionaries who are serving out there and they need to get in and out as well. So this, we use this airplane as a tool, as a platform for the gospel to share Christ's love. So, so I noticed in the video, there, a lot of your videos actually, when I was watching online, because there's more online on our, that we posted on our Be Rich website, but there's a lot of pig transportation. Why, why are you moving pigs? Bacon. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> pigs are basically currency there. So they're, they're worth a lot of money and um, that's, that's how you pay off debts or uh, a bride price or, um, or to eat, to, to sell. Like they, they raise them and then that's a good way. That's uh, community development. We, we ship pigs sometimes from villages to the towns so they can sell them. And we bring them back their, their money that they wouldn't have gotten there. So you're like, you are the economic connection too. Yeah. To, to mm -hmm. that's, that's, yeah, that's unique. And I wouldn't have thought pig as currency, but there you have it. Bacon is money. Bacon is money. <laughs> Some people are like, amen. Um, okay, all right. So, okay, so flying for MAF. Um, so, so then I think the question is, why, why fly? I mean, it just feels like, an ex it feels, I mean, even for us, you know, to be able to fly or to, you know, to buy commercial tickets or to fly your own plane, I mean, that's kind of exorbitant in even American terms. And so it feels like, I think the first time I saw this, I was like, you, you couldn't have come up with a better way? Or why? So why flying? So tell me the flying portion of it. Yeah. 
So we tried um, wingsuits, and that didn't work. <laughs> Jetpacks? Jetpacks, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of like what I said before, there, there's really no other way. Um, that people a long time ago tried just trekking in, and I actually hiked from here to, there's another airport, or airstrip. Well, let's show that the next yeah, yeah, slide. Me, okay, show. so here's size yeah. comparison. So that airstrip is right here, and the other airstrip is right there. Um, it's very close. It's like 30 seconds of flying. I only hiked half of that, and it was eight hours of hiking total. Okay. Um, through the jungle, mountains, through the rivers and valleys, and yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's intense terrain. And as you can see, this is about the size of Papua. Um, Papua is not Papua New Guinea. Um, I won't be mad if you tell me that, but I, we'll just have a little lesson, geography lesson. This part down here, um, this side of the island, sorry, it's, there's no slide. Um, that's Papua New Guinea, and that's a totally different country. This side is part of Indonesia, the country of Indonesia, and it's just called Papua or West Papua. It used to be Irian Jaya. Um, so anyway, um, that, that's kind of a size comparison. The next slide shows how um, the different bases. So there's, there's four different bases right now. Um, M MAF. MAF bases where we have different airplanes located. Uh, Trish and I live in beautiful Nabire right there. Uh, and we serve this whole section right here uh, in the pink or red or whatever that is. Um, so we serve quite a, quite a um, large portion of the... Of the island, of course, we, we do the other parts too. But uh, just just to give you uh, an example, another example, the next slide shows how um, how long it takes to walk anywhere. So this is uh, from Mokondoma to Puluk. Is like so that that's expanded right here. So you walk kind of across this ridge, down into the valley, over or through the the river, and up again. Um, it takes three days, and it's only 15 miles. And that's for like a, a Papuan guy to do running, basically. It would take me a lot longer than that. So why, why fly? Because <laughs> you're an American guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so why fly? It's because there's really no other sane way of travel. Um, you, could, you could take a river. You can follow this river to one of these places, but that takes two months uh, by river and there's like eight foot waves on it and crocodiles and stuff. So, and, and this good takes luck. how long to fly? Oh, this, miles, this, yeah, this two minutes, three minutes. Oh, less than like, yes. Yeah, startup, taxi, takeoff, landing, like five minutes total. So the, just the flight is a couple of minutes. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so it, it's, it's just a good way to, to travel. <laughs> it's luxurious. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, certainly. Okay, so, <clears throat> and so we, and Alex and I talked about this a little bit, because I was curious too, especially like, it's my history is, um, my past as a, a Christian skeptic, as an agnostic, um, I, I often would look at missionaries and I would say, um, there you go, um, I would say uh, something to the effect of, you know, why, why don't you just leave these people alone? You know, you, you're going in there and you know, you're bringing your culture, you're bringing your way of life, you're bringing your religion even into the country uh, or into these villages. And I know you said not all of the villages you serve 
necessarily have a church or a Christian presence, but you know, that's pretty presumptuous of you. Um, and so what do you say in response to that, that frame how, of mind? How dare you? No, that's, not, that's not what I would say. It's actually a really good question. And um, what I would say is that in the past, there have been missionaries and Christians doing this poorly. So I can see why a lot of people would question that. But um, when asking a, a Papuan who has experienced the life-changing um, aspect of the gospel, they would say, why, why would you keep this from me? So we, um, you know, we, we, bring in the, we bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We don't push it, but we, we share Jesus' love to these people. And um, they're really transformed. I would go to a village where they don't yet know the gospel, and they, they live in fear. They, they fear the spirits. They, they're very in tune with the spiritual world, and they, they revenge kill. If someone's sick, oh, it's because this other village um, cursed them, and this, this evil spirit is making them sick. So the only way to fix it is to kill people, and they've... they've done cannibalism and it's just very dark and you can see it in their eyes how how frightened they are and then it, uh, in contrast you go to a village that has experienced life-changing um, gospel of Jesus and they are filled with joy no more fear and and just totally different people um, so in asking them that same question they say why would you hide this from us like we this this is what we have needed for so long. Gotcha, it's a culture shift. So, and, and you've said this in some of your letters, which I actually shared on occasion here on Sundays, um, the impact on that, the love of Jesus and the concept of loving your neighbor and grace and truth have changed how they treat women. So, I mean, that, that just in of itself is, is, wow. Yeah, can I have a human female answer yeah. that question? You know, it's tough because we do bring cultural things with us that we don't always want to bring. But, um, you know, as we have asked ourselves this question, I'll get to the women thing in a second. Yeah. Add another thing. No, that's great. Yeah. Um, as we have asked ourselves this question, um, you know, it does, it does, it looks like in these pictures, like we're the only ones going in there. Um, but really, these people have actually a lot of influence from different places, um, from people in town or from the, in, um, the government from Indonesia. Um, it's a really rich country um, in resources. So there have been a lot of people come in and really exploit them um, for those things. So to have somebody come in and care for them is just really different for them. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the stories that we have, we actually wrote this in a letter um, a few months back, I think. Um, the, some of the missionaries that we serve were presenting the gospel and they were presenting that, you know, men and women are both made in God's image. And the men were just blown away. They said, well, we thought that they didn't have brains. Um, true story. <laughs> um, they actually, women to them are just somebody who takes care of their pigs and their children. Like they're, they, the stories of abuse that we hear is just, Horrifying, and that's pretty much the norm in a lot of villages and a lot of places. Um, so it just it changes that in a huge way. Um. Yeah. So the image of <clears throat> image of Christ and the value of women just it 
redefines the culture of, of the community. Yeah, because it, and they're, they take care of the pigs, but isn't the value about equivalent to it? Oh, pigs are worth more than wives. Pigs are worth more, yeah. okay, there you go. Um, and so that, that's the first time they're probably hearing the message of, of some version of equality. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's the first time. And they're, and, and uh, this particular village of Bina, they're, they're excited. They're like, oh, God has created women in the same way that they've created men. So what do we do? And they're, they're very, um, they're curious. They're asking the, the Bible translators, like, what is God, how, how does he want us to treat women? And they're, they're shifting completely. And it's really amazing. It's beautiful how, how different it is in that village. And, and lots of other villages, but Bina specifically, yeah. that, that we've experienced. Um, yeah. So what has been, well, I'll, I'll leave this up, which one you want to tackle first. What has been, I guess, one of the more um, kind of awe-inspiring, powerful moments that you've experienced in, in the few years you've been there so far, and then the, the, one of the greatest challenges that you've experienced? Yeah. So... Um, one of the greatest challenges, I'll start with that, uh, there, there's been a lot. I mean, just moving from home to a different culture, away from family and friends, um, it's kind of like dying in a way. Um, you're leaving everything and you're moving to a different place. Um, so that was very hard, but I think even harder than that was we have a friend who serves with, served with us in Papua who we really got to know very well, and she died in a plane accident. Um, like just over a year ago, yeah, a year and a half ago, uh, Joyce, and that was that was very difficult for us. But God has been so good; He's He's taught us a lot through that in His sovereignty and providence, and just His love, how He can use such a tragedy for His good. And um, you know, I struggled a lot with anxiety after that because I fly the same airplane to the same places, and. Um, and he, he also showed me his grace in that I also experienced kind of a, a difficult situation where I was held captive um, and this like local um, terrorist group basically um, burned our, my airplane. And okay, wait a second. Step back for a second. You just really <laughs> transitioned there. Okay. So, so definitely losing Joyce and I mean as someone who does the exact same thing. I mean they're yeah. part of your team. Um, and then you're flying one day and you land somewhere and what, you get out and I mean, yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much. We can talk later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was taken out of the airplane and held hostage and they, they burned my airplane. Um, but God has been so good through that. He, he, I, I was anxious before. And then in that life threatening moment, total, totally at peace and, and, and no anxiety ever from that moment on has, has happened. So God is just really good. So even, even though we experience these hardships, um, in that moment, I was actually surrounded by guns. And to answer your question, like the, the most heartfelt moment I felt was when the, the local evangelist came up and wrapped his body around me to save me. And like the, these Papuans risked their life to, to save mine. And that was just really powerful just to show, you know, I'm an outsider. They've lived, that guy has lived before the gospel came there. And he was revenge killing and, and, 
and any outsider, even Papuans, were enemies. And now the gospel has totally changed his life to where he will lay down his life for someone who he doesn't know very well and is not from his culture or even his country. Um, and that was just really powerful. And, and <clears throat> yeah, that is just incredible. And then what they got, you, they held you hostage and then they were able to get you out somehow. Yeah, we, we got away and then had to go back and then, and then they let us go. And then now I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. Is that, Trisha, is that what you recall too? It was just that easy? Yeah, okay, okay. It yeah. involved a hike and a helicopter ride, so. Involved a hike and a helicopter ride. Okay, but, but you got, got away. Because there's guerrilla movements and military groups in Indonesia trying to overthrow the government, effectively. Is that more or less right? Um, or just cause? Yeah, trust problems. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Trisha, anything like from your perspective on good or bad of your experience so far? Those are, those are big ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely see. Um, okay, so so real quick. Um, so I asked Alex a few months ago um, when he got back and we sat down for coffee and I just said, is there any projects that, that you know of that we could help out when it comes time for our annual Be Rich campaign? Um, because we're going to raise an amount of money and, and we'd like to give it all, give it all away. And so this is the Be Rich, how that breaks down. And so uh, our current goal is if, if we reach a $10,000 goal to, to give away $3,000. And the, the first thing that we'd really like to do that Alex and I talked over and, and kind of come to the conclusion of this is a change and a, a change that will make a difference for, for years and years to come is to renovate a school in one of those Villages. So I think we have some pictures of like all the kids going to school, which is that's a lot. Yeah. So this is in the village of Derapos. Uh, there's our friends, our Korean Bible translators, and they're translating the scripture into Tausei. Um, and and they also do another thing where they teach literacy. They teach kids how to just read and write, and they develop leaders within um, that group, and they, they've brought out their first Tausei literacy teacher from Deripos, and that is his class, and he has several of those. Um, this is just class one, and then there's another picture, I think, of class two. So that, that's Otose. He's the first um, guy, and this is like the second class, so there's much less people, but the whole community has a desire to learn how to, to read and to write, this and is if you graduate from yeah, class well, one. Class person. one to class two, yeah. Class two. Can but, you back up, Terry, yeah. one, so we can get a sense of the class? But, but yeah, as oh, you can see, it's back just... One more. Sorry, I'm making it difficult on you. Nope. Yeah. Oh, that one. That yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your school. That's your chalkboard. That, and the school. Your ABCs. ABCs. Don't, don't forget it. Um, so as you can see, the, the building is kind of... Um, a disaster, and we were discussing... I think some birds are <laughs> yeah. living there, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, um, this building was made a long time ago, um, but there's just never been a teacher. I think for 20 years, there's not been a teacher in this, in this village. So for 20 years or more, or bef more than that, uh, these, these people from Deripos, if they still lived in their village, has no education. So finally, there, there are people coming in to, to instruct and teach, but the, the building is just um, literally falling apart. So we discussed and we thought it would be a great opportunity to raise some funds to, to help with this building, to get it back into a shape that 
um, people don't fall through the floor or the ceiling fall on top of them. So, um, yeah. Seems, seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah, reasonable. Yeah. So this is a, a place that we frequently go to and serve with the airplane. Um, the only other way there is by boat and walking, and it takes about two months to get to Nabire. So it's a 40-minute flight. So essentially, we're going to pay for all the stuff. The and stuff then... and, the, um, and some of the labor, but it will be um, actually probably our... Nabire um, local staff at MAF will go and and help with the whatever we need to yeah. do, whether it's the ceiling or the windows or floors or you know a new chalkboard because that's incredibly too small. Yeah, um, new ABCs. Did that change yet? No, we could. No, 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 yeah, no. we could put up some. Posters. I think those are fine too. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you're gonna fly the people in and they're gonna to renovate and, the building. Yeah, and then we'll yeah. do a renovation. Yeah, project. that's sweet. And then if we at least meet or exceed our goal, what we're also going to try to do is we're going to try to, uh, real quick, tell them about the truck. Yeah. The van versus the truck. Van versus truck. So we transport a lot of uh, medical patients from the village to our small town where there's a clinic or a hospital. Um, and we take them from the airplane to the hospital. Because there's no ambulance. There's no, no ambulance services. Yeah. We sometimes get a local taxi which means that we put them on a stretcher on top of the seats and sideways and it's hitting the driver on the head and it's not, it's just not a good position to, to be in as a, you know, someone who's bleeding out. So we would like to, to get a truck that we can tra turn into an ambulance so that we can transport these patients a little better um, and not to get our van bloody. <laughs> Yeah. As a preference. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we have a van that we can use to trade in, and then we'll just need some more funds to upgrade to a truck and then cha change that into just like a passenger transport vehicle. Yeah, for just a few thousand bucks, we can make an ambulance. Totally. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a little bit goes a long way is essentially, essentially kind of the, the point of that. So um, I, we're running out of time. So thank you both for being here. Thank you both for what you do and your commitment and your, I mean, I wouldn't say courage, but your faith to continue to do what, what you do. So thank, yeah. thank, thank you. you. And that. thank you for praying for us. Um, we would encourage you guys to sign up for our, like kind of every other month, we send out an email update about what we're doing. So we would encourage you to do that. And we have some prayer letter or um, prayer cards with our faces on them. So you can pray for us and our faces. And, um, and there's a book, so you can just like flip through the book and see kind of some of the places that we go to and people that we serve. So anyway, thank you so much uh, for all that you guys do here. Yeah, and that'll be on the back welcome table on your way out if you just want to stop by and you can sign up for that. And they send that, yeah, about monthly, because internet is hard just because it's so slow. So I'm like, hey, can, when you renovate the school, can you send us some pictures? And it's like... It'll take a couple days, but, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll do our absolute best. So um, thank you for all of you, um, especially those so far who have given to Be Rich to our $10,000 goal. Uh, I met with a couple people this week, and it was really encouraging because some of you said, we budget for this. We know every November we're going to be rich. You know, before we get into the holidays and even Thanksgiving and we buy gifts, we're going to first be rich and, and help, uh, help a hurting world. So I thought that was really encouraging incredible. Um, and, and just a reminder too, I think when, when we give to these things, a, a, there's a number of you who already give to a lot of great organizations or churches or community funds or, or whatever it is. 
be rich is not meant to substitute for that. I, I, I really don't, I hope you will not stop giving to all those incredible things that you already give to um, because you know, they're doing incredible things too, whatever those nonprofits or organizations. This is kind of a, a thing for us to step back and say, hey, maybe this month we're gonna cut back on some things so that others could have some things that we already have essentially. And so really want to help you kind of embody what, what Be Rich is supposed to be about. And finally, and this is, I think, really incredible. Two people approached me uh, and they said that um, they will match um, this year. Uh, they'll do a matching. The, the two combined um, will do $4,000 worth of matching. And so for every dollar you give to Be Rich, up to $4,000 will be matched dollar for dollar. So just the math on that, if you give all 4,000, now we have 8,000 like that. And so I think we really have the capacity this year, like we did last year, to really just blow the cap off of our $10,000 goal and make sure we can do more to you know, help purchase an ambulance um, to get medevac patients to where they need to be. And so I really encourage you all, if you wanna learn more, if you're thinking about this, what are some next steps? I even posted some more MAF videos that have dramatic music and, and things in it um, on our website, infuse.church slash be rich. Or if you just go to our website, there's a link right at the top to go to be rich and learn all about it um, and to learn how to give. So um, let's uh, take a moment and thank you for all that you do and for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and if you guys all would, let's take just a moment of prayer. So bow your heads and, and let's pray together. Um, Heavenly Father, um, Lord, thank you so much for, um, for, for Alex and Tricia and their family and uh, the work that you're doing through them and the work that you're doing through thousands and thousands of other people who simply uh, dedicate their lives to helping a hurting world. Um, thank you for the gospel. Um, not just this thing where, you know, Jesus died and rose again and, and paid for our sins. That's certainly part of it. But this gospel that brings hope, this gospel that teaches people to love your neighbor, this gospel that includes um, treating all people in your image and how impactful that is, how, how truly, like, we can just become so complacent um, and think this is the norm that, that our culture is kind of the, the standard around the world, but it is not. And your love can not only make an impact here, but it can make and is making an impact around the world. So Lord, I, I ask that you challenge us um, to, to be honest with ourselves about how we could be rich this year, how we could make uh, and take a step to do good indeed and also financially that simple opportunities like we have here at Infused Church, but also opportunities throughout the year and throughout our lives will come before us and that we may you know, take this moment and take this opportunity um, to, to kind of make a stand, to, to plant the flag in the, in the sand and say, you know what, from here on out, we're just going to live a life of generosity. We're going to live a life to help a hurting world. We're gonna live a life maybe even that is about teaching people about that good news of great joy, especially as we come into the holiday season, that transforms lives. So let us you know, leave today not only generous, um, but leave today challenged to, um, to bring that good news because it really does have the potential to change the world. In your name I pray, amen.